All right, y'all come back to me now. Y'all be hugging like it's a family reunion up in here. Like, what up, cuz? Ain't seen you since last Sunday. Amen. Turn your Bible, please, to Matthew chapter 5. And as you're getting that, let me take an opportunity on behalf of Lady Swan and my family to say thank you again for all of your acts of kindness, love, generosity, gifts, support, text, emails, social media posts, smoke screens, whatever y'all did to show to show the love for us for our 17th anniversary. We are incredibly grateful and thankful for such a loving congregation. So we certainly appreciate you. Um, we are continuing in the series of our Beatitudes. This is where Jesus started as he preached his first sermon. These sayings that help us to move closer to what kingdom living and thinking is, is all about. Uh, this is the season of consecration that we're in. And to consecrate something uh, means to make it sacred. So we are not just saying that we're in a 40-day consecration just so we can say that we're not drinking coffee or eating sweets. We're in a 40-day consecration because we are intentionally trying to grow and to become sacred in the eyes of God. Sacredness is something that is special, something that has been set apart something that has been assigned for God's use. That's the goal for the 40 days. So God, make me sacred, make me holy, prepare me to be able to be used by you. That's the goal of the 40 days. So if you're not praying for that, if you're not fasting toward that, if you're not coming to church for that, you're missing the point of the 40 days. We fast and we give up stuff because we're doing that to draw closer to God, to rid ourselves of the things that would not make us sacred and holy and acceptable to the Lord. Matthew 5 and 1 says, Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy today. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. That's good enough. You may be seated. Title for today's sermon is, It's an Inside Job. Father, if you would again, please let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. God, you are my strength and my redeemer. Let all of God's people say amen. When you look at these Beatitudes, and today we're in number six of the Beatitudes, it always starts with the same word, blessed or happy or fortunate is the one that does whatever the Beatitudes suggest. I believe that most of us, when we come to church, not only do we come to praise the Lord, but we're also coming to figure out how can we be in a better position to be blessed? How can God show favor on my life? How can I be better? How can God do some things that I need God to do for me in my season, whatever that is? And so we know that Jesus, as he starts these, he's saying happy is the person. Blessed is the person. So for those of you who come looking for blessings and wanting God to elevate your life, he gives it to you right here in Matthew chapter 5 in his opening sermon. This sermon is called the Sermon on the Mount. He starts it in Matthew 5. He goes all the way through to Matthew chapter 7. And in the whole three chapters, he's making a distinction between what is kingdom living and what is culture. By the time we get to today, number six of the Beatitudes, he says, blessed or happy or fortunate are those who are pure in heart, for they will see God. 
Let me go to the back first. I'm going to touch on it. Then I'm going to go to the front. And then I'm going to go to the back again. Y'all got that. Somebody say, let's go. So he says at the end that the blessedness in this text is to be able to see God. Let me suggest to you, family, that that is or should be the hope and the desire of every single believer that you are able to see God. Notice now, he did not say blessed are the pure in heart for you can see people in the church. The goal for you on Sunday mornings is not for you to come to see me. It is not for you to come and see the praise team. It is not for you to come to see whoever prays. And it's sure enough ain't coming just to see other people, to see what's going on. The first priority when we wake up in the morning to be able to want to come to church is, God, I want to see you. And that's what church should be. But I got to ask the question, is that really what you came for? Because the honesty, if we're honest with ourselves, sometimes they're not people who come to church just to see God. Sometimes people come to church because they're nosy. They want to see what's going on in other people's life. They want to hear the scoop and what's happening with other people in the church. Sometimes people don't come. To see God, they come to see other people who are doing showmanship things. And don't you know that there are some people in church who come just to be seen? And if I ain't on the program, if I'm not in the order of service today, if I'm not a part of the service today, then I ain't coming because I want to come because I need to be seen. But may I suggest to you, family, that when we come to the house of God, this is his house and since it's his house, we ought to want to see the king of kings and the Lord of lords in his house. So therefore, Christianity, Jesus is saying here that the goal of this is to see God. Let me help y'all with something just real quick. So during praise and worship, normally I stand in the corner. And the reason why I stand in the corner with my back turned to you all is because during that moment where we're starting the service, what we are attempting to do, we're not just singing songs. What we are attempting to do is to get our minds off of what we saw this week. To shift it to God. Because most of the things that we saw this week were probably not of God. So we got to start with seeing some other stuff. And so I can't, I don't know how y'all do it. Maybe y'all can praise and worship, you know, start the service with your eyes open and that's great and that's wonderful. I'm not knocking what you do, but for me, I got to be in that corner. I got to have my back turned. I can't be looking at y'all looking at me. Because I love y'all enough to tell you I didn't come to see y'all today. I mean, if you know, I need God to move when I get here. I need God to do something when I get here. I need God to change somebody's life when I get here. I need God to put a marriage back together when I get here. I need God to help somebody's child when we get here. I need God to do something great. I didn't just come to see you, and I hope you didn't just come to see me, because when the service is over, I'm not the one that's going to be able to help you. So the goal of this, y'all, of service, of why we come, why we do what we do, why we worship, why we celebrate, why we have church service, is to see God. If that ain't on your radar, if that's not your priority, if that's not really what you want, then church will never be what you want it to be. Seeing God has to be the priority. Now the question becomes, how do we do that? How do we see God? Well, Jesus says in the first part, now I'm in the first part of the text. He says, blessed are the pure in heart. That's interesting, Reverend Boyer, because um, he's talking about the word heart now. And we know that biblically speaking, the heart is not the organ that just pumps blood all through your body. In the Bible, the heart is the core essence part of you. The heart is the place where your thoughts 
and your emotions and your personality and your relationships and all parts of you all come together in one space. It is the essence of who you are. Now notice what Jesus is saying. Jesus said that in order for us to see God, the essence of who we are has to be pure. Because if the essence and the core of us is contaminated, then that contamination flows to all of the parts of the body. If the core part of me is dirty, then you got to know my mind's going to be dirty. If the core part of me has got some stuff in it, then you got to know that my intentions are going to have some stuff in it. If the core part of me ain't right, then you know my attitude ain't going to be right. And my personality ain't going to be right. And so what Jesus is saying is, is that in order to really deal with you being able to see me, I got to deal with you at the core. Now let me say this here. Because Jesus is dealing with the core, let me just do a quick Bible study. You see, this is what makes Christianity different from every other quote-unquote religion that exists. And I, and I say quote-unquote religion because I would have a conversation with you offline about whether or not Christianity is really a religion. Because I see it as a relationship. But, but for the purposes of this discussion... Uh, let's just put Christianity with Buddhism and Islam and every other religion that exists. You see, the difference between Christianity and every other religion has to deal with the fact that most other religions only care about external conformity. Most other religions only care about the ritual and the tradition and the custom. So as long as you go do the ritual, as long as you go do the custom, as long as you go do the action, then in, in the religions would suggest that that's how you get to that God. But what makes Christianity different than all the other ones is not that Jesus deals with external conformity. Jesus is not just interested in what you do. Lord have mercy. Uh, Jesus is interested in why you do what you do. So therefore now Christianity and what separates Christianity is the fact that motives and intentions are just as important as the action itself. Uh, I think I thought some of you got it now. Let me see if this makes sense. Um, while some religions would be happy that you just come to the place of worship. Jesus is more concerned about why did you show up in the first place uh, it is not just that you raise a hand uh, and give God praise uh, because somebody sang some songs no the question is why did you raise your hand did you raise your hand because you love him did you raise your hand because somebody told you to do it you see Jesus is not just interested in external conformity and this is where we get a lot of people that are thrown off in the church because we think that if we just look the part and act the part and speak the part that everybody will look at us and say we got it all together but Jesus doesn't do that the Bible teaches that God looks at the heart therefore there is an internal situation that we got to deal with there's something on the inside that we got to work through and while you can present yourself to somebody in the church and look saved and sanctified Jesus can be looking at you saying get away from me you can fool me but you can't fool Jesus and in the scriptures, let me just point out a couple of them to you to tell you that this is the difference between Christianity and every other quote-unquote religion because every other one says as long as you go do it, 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 it matters. So, for example, during Ramadan, and this is no disrespect on any other religion, Islam declares that you have to go and you have to pray a certain many times a day, right? Which is noble, which is honorable. We should pray. But Jesus is more interested in not that you went to pray, but why did you do it? Because if your why doesn't match your what, it's all off. Come here, Paul. 1 Corinthians 13 and 1. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, 
I sound as a regonging sound and a clanging cymbal. In other words, I can speak to you and say all the right things. But if my motives are off, then what I said don't matter in the first place. Come over here, David. When, when David was about to be anointed king, his father was the one, Jesse, when Samuel came into the house, that Jesse saw all the brothers, and the first brother came in, and, and the Bible says that the first brother walked before Samuel and said he was handsome and tall in stature. And Samuel said, that one has got to be the one that's going to be king. And God dropped in and said, hold on. Hold on one second. Man looks at the exterior. But God looks at the heart. Therefore, we got to be careful. This is what Jesus is saying. We got to be careful thinking that external conformity, dressing the part, looking the part, speaking the part, giving you the external is what makes you in the will of God, not in the Bible. It's an inside job with Christianity. Jesus is more concerned about your why than your what. So if you come up here and sing, great. But if you sing it with hate in your heart, it ain't going to sound right. If you came in here today, glory to God, because you want great things to happen, wonderful. But if you also came in here with that same wanting God to do something and you waving your hand, I love you, Jesus. And you don't even speak to the person next to you. So let me give you this example that the Lord just gave me. He actually just gave it to me during prayer time about how this works. Imagine, imagine we all got a nice house. House look good. Outside, this is for my fellas now, outside the lawn is immaculate. Deep green grass. Three inches high off the ground. Nicely cut. Got all of the trimmings and you're looking at the house from the outside. House look good. Got your decor lights hitting the house at night. You got curb appeal. Drive past the house, everybody looking at this house, and they're like, that house is bad. How did they get their grass like that so soon anyway? It's still March. I still got weeds in my yard. I got stuff that's jacked up, but their yard, not a weed in it. Lawn nicely cut. Got edges on the driveway. Got the flags up in the yard. Your hydrangeas is blooming already before everybody else's. House look good. But if you were to walk inside, the roof is leaking. <laughs> Trash piled high. Toilets is overflowing. <laughs> Floors is jacked up. In the spirit realm, Jesus is saying that's how many of us look. Because we have done such a good job of making sure that we got the manicured lawn that we neglect the overflowing toilet. And you know, no matter how good the lawn looks, you walk into a house where the toilets ain't working. It's going to stink up <laughs> to high heavens. 
We cannot see God with overflowing toilets. We cannot see God with leaky roofs and jacked up floors. Even though I can show you what the manicured lawn looks like. And what we must come to the realization of is that before we met the Lord, that's exactly how my life looked. I looked just like that. I could convince you that life was great based on what you saw on the outside. But can somebody testify, if you really knew my story, and if you really knew what I was going through, and if you really knew the hurts and the pains that I had to deal with, but I ain't show you all of that, I just showed you the lawn. What Jesus is saying is, is that there is no way you can expect to see me if you don't deal with these toilets and this roof and this floor and all the other stuff on the inside. Because you don't live on your lawn. You live in your house. And what Jesus is saying is that this is an inside job. That in order for you to get all of what he wants you to have, I got to deal with the stuff that's in me. Not how I look, not how I dress, not where I drive, not where I live. I got to deal with what's in here. Where my intellect, where my emotions, where my personality, where my thoughts, where all my past, where all that stuff comes together. That's what I got to deal with. So here's what Jesus said, and I'm going to keep on. He said, blessed are the pure in heart. So how then, Reverend E., do we change the inside of this space? How then do we change? Because when we met God, the lawn looks good, but the inside's jacked up. And truth of the matter is, for even for some of us today who come to church, you could be in church all your life for years, still got some leaky faucets in the house. How then do we make sure that our inside is clean and pure so that then we can see God. Well, here's what Jesus said very clearly when he talked to Nicodemus. That's the answer. Real quick, when he talked to Nicodemus, y'all know the story. In John chapter 3, a man named Nicodemus who was a teacher of the law, he went to Jesus at night. He didn't want to go during the day because he knew his boys was watching who was approaching Jesus. And he goes to Jesus at night and he says, Matt, teacher, I know you are a man from God. I know you do great things. And Jesus cut him off. And Jesus told him, sir, you must be born again. The only way you clean up the inside, fertilizer can't get this right. Water can't get this right. Rain can't get this right. The only way you're going to clean up the inside is that you got to be born again. That Holy Spirit has got to work on your heart. That Holy Spirit has got to work on your mind. That Holy Spirit has got to work on the insides of you. And I'm sorry, but we got too many people that's used to external conformity. Let's go through the order of service. Let's just do what we do. But ain't nobody dealing with the Holy Spirit working on the inside of me. And here is how you know that you're moving in the right direction. Because when the spirit starts working on you, you don't talk like you used to. You don't go where you used to. You don't do the things that you used to. I need about four or five people right about now to say, I know that this is an inside job. That the spirit of God has been working on my heart. Because years ago, when you crossed me, I probably would have got my gun. But now I got peace of mind and I go on home do I have any witnesses that want to testify I thank God that he's working on me from the inside this is what real church is 
The real church is when God and that Holy Spirit starts to do some cleaning up on the inside of you. And therefore, Jesus said, it is not the things that come out of you that's defiled, but the things that are in you that are defiled. In other words, I don't cuss because it just comes out. I cuss because it's in my heart. I don't treat people bad because I just treat them bad. I treat them bad because it's in my heart. And when I start changing my heart, I wish I had some people that would testify that's how you know that church is working for you because the Lord has changed your heart and because he changed your heart he changed your mind you see it differently you live differently you think differently you act differently why because he's working on them God don't care nothing about no hand that you're raising if that heart ain't been changed. God don't care nothing about leadership position you in if that heart ain't changed. The greatest testimony and the greatest witness ain't that you come to church 52 weeks out the year. The greatest witness is he fixed one of the leaky faucets. He got rid of the bad roof. He helped me with the bad toilet. And now I'm not the same person that I used to be. It ain't because of my clothes. It's because I got a new walk. So, so here it is. Um, Jesus says, blessed are the pure in heart because he's going to get rid of external conformity. That ain't what Christianity is all about. It is an inside job. So then how do I really change my heart as, as, as a part of being born again? Well, he outlined the previous five Beatitudes because I told you before they stack on one another. So watch this. Here's how you know your heart's changed. You ready? The first one says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. When my heart gets to the place where I realize that I can't do life by myself, when my heart gets to the place where I recognize that I need help and whatever God's assigned to me, I can't do it on my own, he then helps me to move to the next step. The next one is, blessed are they who mourn, for in fact they shall be comforted. When I get to the place where my heart grieves, when I do things that are against the, uh, the will of God, when my, my heart grieves by what I see in the community that's against the will of God, he says, I'll give you comfort. He says, blessed then are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. When, I, when my heart gets to the place where I'm no longer gritty and grimy with other people, when my heart gets to the place where I have compassion for them and, and I care for them, he says, that's where you know your heart's moving in the right direction. He says, blessed are they who hunger and thirst for righteousness, uh, for they will be filled. When my heart gets to the place where in the morning when I wake up, the first thing that I ain't thinking about is money. The first thing I ain't thinking about is my job or that crazy boss. No, the first thing that I think about in the morning when I wake up is him and him alone. That's how you know your heart's moving in the right direction. And at lunchtime, in the middle of the day, instead of asking God what I want him to do for me, maybe I say, God, what do you want me to do for you? Because he who hungers and thirsts after righteousness, God, all I want is to be in the right standing with you. All I want is for you to say well done. All I want is for you to be pleased with me. All I want is for you to see me and look down on them and say, yeah, that's mine right there. I'm proud of that one right there. He says, then um, you, you, you shall be filled. And then he says, blessed are the merciful. When my heart gets to the place where I'm not so judgmental with others because I recognize that God, I've done so many things wrong against God that why would I be so judgmental to somebody else? That's how you know your heart's moving. But if your heart's still the same and you come into church, then this ain't going to be no different for you than anything else that you do. You'll come in, you'll do what you do, and you'll walk out because God cannot move in your life until your heart changes. The place where everything comes together for you. My thoughts, my actions, my emotions, 
my personality, my history. You can't see God with dirty toilets. So I simply want to ask you in this consecration, what has the Lord shown you about your heart? What has the Lord shown you about your thoughts? Because let me tell you something about your thoughts. Before we met, met the Lord and even in some cases after we meet the Lord, our thoughts are wicked. You don't believe me. Uh, put Jeremiah 17 and 9 on the screen for me, please. Bill, uh, I appreciate that because, you know, you got some people that just don't believe me. The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? You can't work on your heart. Your heart has to be regenerated. For you to say, I'm going to work on myself so I can do some good things goes against scripture. You can't work on something that's broken perpetually. That's why Jesus said you got to be born again. I got to give you a new heart because the one you had ain't never going to work. And so this is what we say to ourselves. Yeah, I'll just, I'll be nicer. I won't cuss as much. And we'll say that thinking that we're moving in the things of God. No, nah, this is what you need to understand. That toilet will always leak until you get a new one. That roof always going to leak until you get a new one. The floors are going to be jacked up until you get a new one. And this is what salvation is. It is God, give me a new heart. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall... Here's the best part. They shall see. Whew. When I saw that one, this is my favorite of all the Beatitudes. And, and most of us struggle with seeing God. Because scriptures will say, even in the Old Testament, no man, even God said this, no man can see my face and live. And many of us wrestle with how do we see a God that we've never seen physically before. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and we wrestle with that or we just simply conclude well I'm not going to see God right now I'm only going to see God when I get to heaven well here's what I believe I believe that God is omnipresent for those who don't know what omnipresent is omni prefix means all or everywhere and present means here. Meaning, if God is everywhere at the same time, then that means I should be able to see God right now. So what prevents me from seeing God right now? It ain't God. It's my heart. When I get my heart right, I'll be able to see God everywhere. And it might not be physically, but I know I can see God at work moving in my life. Let me see if I got some people that can testify to this. When you, when you start walking with God, you can see God in your home even when there's stuff in the home that just ain't right. I need some people that will testify. I see peace in my home that I didn't see before. I see joy in my home that I didn't see before. I see love in my house that I didn't see before. Why? Because when I got my heart right, he took the blinders off and now I see God at work in all parts of my
See, that's why only five of you stood up. You can also see God, watch this, y'all, when your heart's right, in your money. Because when you're walking with God, how many of you know you can see God starts to stretch? Lord, I need some witnesses here. You saw the bill. You saw what was going to happen. But you saw God drop something in your lap that you weren't expecting, that you didn't know was going to happen because you start seeing God at work. Why? Because when you take the blindness off. I can see God in relationships. Because before, we just couldn't get along. Before, we could never get on the same page. But when I got my heart right, maybe I wasn't so quick to blame them. And now I see God moving, not only in them, but I see God moving in me. And now I got a little bit more patience, a little bit more forgiveness, a little bit more grace, a little bit more love, a little bit more mercy. I need about five people that say, I see God moving all over me. So you looking for some physical being to drop down when you're pure in heart what God gives you is a spiritual eye and when you have a spiritual eye you can see God everywhere walk into your job tomorrow with a spiritual eye let the boss drive you crazy you can still go in there and sit down uh, and have a hymn in your heart uh, and a praise in your soul uh, because it's only by the grace of God that you're still there. But, but, but this kind of seeing God doesn't happen till you get your heart right. He did not say, blessed Minister Tabitha, are the pure who go to church. He didn't say, blessed are those who simply tithe. Blessed are those who are ministers or church leaders. No, he said, anybody that is willing to admit that my lawn look good, but my inside is jacked, and I need a new contractor, to come up in here and bulldoze this house and give me something else that's going to make the outside match the inside. Then there ain't no way I'm going to see God in all parts of my life. Do you realize you can still see God broke? You can see God in the hospital. You can see God when a loved one is called. You can see God in the divorce. You can see God in death. You can see God in all places. How do I know, Reverend E? Because David said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because he's with me. Now, David couldn't physically see God, but because his heart was right, because David was known as a man after God's own heart, he knew and could see God. That's what I want. I don't know about y'all. Y'all can have a car. Y'all can have a job. I want to see God wherever I go. I want to see God in my home. I want to see God at Ivy. I want to see God when I'm in Target. I want to see God when I'm in war. I want to see him wherever. Happy is the one who has come to the realization that the manicured lawn ain't good enough. Happy is the one that comes to the realization that dressing nice to please you so you can say I like your fit ain't good enough. 
Happy is the one that realizes that I want the manicured lawn and I want everything in my house to work too. And it makes no sense, even for people who come to church, that we spend so much time on the lawn that we neglect in the toilet. Sin brings a stench to our life. When David messed up, when he had the adulterous affair with Bathsheba, when he had Bathsheba's husband Uriah killed, on the front line and Nathan approached him and said you are the man David wrote Psalm 51 and in Psalm 51 put it on the screen I'm leaving with this verses 10 and 11 here is what David prayed for Lord don't give me another house Lord I don't need another car Lord, I don't need another job. Right now, God, what I need you to do is create in me a clean heart and renew a steadfast spirit. Because God, if you don't create the heart, then I'm going to look like I always look. And I'll fool everybody with my manicured law, but inside I'll still be jacked up. And anything that is inside of me that's contaminated will spread to other parts of my life. Bad personality, bad attitude, bad thought life, bad. But I'll show you the lawn for the two hours we in here. David said, create in me. Lord, I need new plumbing. I need a new floor. I need a new roof. The inside of me got to be better. He said, and renew a steadfast spirit in me. Cast me not from your presence. And the last part of verse number 11, and do not take your spirit away from me. Because that's the only thing that can change my heart. You take the spirit away from me, I'm back to my old self. The only difference is, I just come to church. It's praying time. Everybody's staying. The goal of this is to see God in every part of your life, in the mountain. And in the valley, you can still see God. But we won't see God at all if we got some clutter and some contamination in the space where everything comes together. That's why, do you know what salvation, Paul said, this is why you have to confess with your mouth and believe in your heart you gotta believe that he is Lord where all parts of you come together I suspect that I'm not alone today I'm including myself if I were just on the floor I would be coming up but since I'm leading I gotta pray I suspect that there are some that's got some leaky faucets and some stuff going on on the inside and you need God today to create a clean heart so that you can see God in all his glory. This is not for salvation or membership. This is for prayer. If there are some parts of your life you just need God to clean up, come on down here. Come on down here. Come on down here.
You know, it's funny, Lady Swan, so many people sometimes when we're going through things, they ask, where is God? Well, if God is omnipresent, then that means God is right here. Well, how come I can't see him? Maybe the contamination is blocking my view. Step forward, we got some folk behind you. This is why confession is important. Because confession says, 1 John 1 and 9, if you confess your sins to one another, he is faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you of all unrighteousness. But it's a time that we spend more time cleaning our bodies than we do cleaning our hearts. Every head bowed just for a moment. This is how we move toward kingdom living. This is how we move toward being sacred. Father, in the name of Jesus, I intercede right now for all of us, including me. Lord, I stand before you today as an intercessor, guilty as charged, that even though I'm saved and loved you, there have been times where I've been more concerned about the lawn, how the windows look, the lights hitting up on the, on the house, that I've neglected the more important matters, running faucets, bad toilets, cracked ceilings, leaky roof. So Father, today, we ask that you would come inside of us and clean up whatever needs to be fixed. We acknowledge today, God, that we can't clean it up on our, on our own. We can't fix this on our own. We need a general contractor. That is you. Come into the space where all parts of us intersect. We need pure thoughts. We need pure emotions. We need pure intentions. We need a pure will, God. And God, as you do this work in us, help us to be able to see you again. To see you in all parts of our life, good or bad that we can still see you and your glory. Even in the brokenness, we can see you. Even in the hurt, we can see you. Even in the, we don't know what you're going to do or how you're going to do it, we can still see you. That's all we want, God. Not church. We want to see you. Hey. Because when we know we see you, you'll make everything all right. We release this external conformity. We release these rituals and customs where we try to make people believe that we're further along than we are. We acknowledge today. We work more on the lawn than we did in the house. Today, we got to work on the house. Creating us a pure heart, God. And renew your steadfast spirit. Do not cast us from your presence. And Lord, do not take your Holy Spirit away from us. My prayer for you all this week is that you would see God in ways that you haven't seen him before. My prayer for you this week 
is that you not just come to the conclusion that the only place that you can see God is in church. I pray that when you get back home, you will see God in your house. When you sit down to do the bills this week, I pray you will see God in your finances. If there are relationships that are strained and mended, I pray that you see God working to bring reconciliation to those areas that are in need. I pray that wherever you turn this week, you see the hand of God at work in your life. And even in the places that you can't see, that you trust that God is still at work and in spaces that you know nothing about, but still for your benefit and for your glory. God, we want to see you this week. That's all we want. There may be some here today that do not know the Lord Jesus Christ and in the pardoning of your sins, if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, there's no way you can see him at all. We want to extend an opportunity for you to do that today. Or there are some of you that are unchurched, don't have a church family. Church is about community. It's about finding a group of people that are like-minded, that are trying to go where you're trying to go. It's a family. Families aren't perfect. Churches aren't perfect. But striving to get there. You need a covering in this season of your life. There's too much craziness in the world. So if you don't have a church home, we'll be standing here. We have baptisms that will be taking place right after service ends. If you need to stay here at the altar as long as you can, you may do so. Now, God, we thank you for this time today. May your grace, your peace, and your power keep and sustain us all. And may we see you in every place of our life this week. In Jesus' name. Amen. Love you all in Jesus' name. Enjoy your week. Calling all graduates, high school, college, or trade school to email your full name, contact number, school name, major, GPA, and plans after graduations to scholarships at ivybaptistchurch.org by May 1st. Fridays at noon, join us for corporate prayer on Zoom during our 40 Days of Kingdom. Meeting ID is 757-244. 5004 or you can dial in at 312-626-6799. Join us this Wednesday, March 22nd for part four of Bible study called Master Your Mind at 12 noon and 7 p.m. in person and on Zoom. The meeting ID is 757-244-0000. Dial in is 312-626-6799. Trip to the Bible Museum on Thursday, March 23rd. Deadline for payment is today, March 19th. Payment is in-house only. Limited seats and open to Ivy members 21 and older. Cost is $80. See Sister Lisa Jones or Carla Potter after service. One thing that's true about Ivy is that we don't just love God, but we also love God's people and our community. We have started an initiative called Operation Bless the Community. And since we started it, we have raised almost $150,000. And all of the resources are going right back out into our community so our community and our families can be better. We're going to do it again this year. We want your support. Any donation of any amount that goes to Operation Bless the Community will go out into the communities that we serve to make our place better for everyone. We want everybody. 
to win around here. So please, why don't you consider giving a donation to Operation Bless the Community? Any size, any amount, all of it will go toward blessing our community and helping those in need. We appreciate in advance your support. Come out and hear our associate ministers give the seven last words of Christ, Wednesday, March 29th at 7 p.m. here at Ivy. Our cancer snippet for the month of March is colorectal cancer. Did you know colorectal cancer is the third most common diagnosed cancer in the U.S.? This cancer is largely preventable through screening. For more information, please visit www.preventcancer or call the American Cancer Society at 1-800-227-2345. No, Calling all graduates, high school, college, or trade school to email your full name contact number, school name, major, GPA, and plans after graduations to scholarships at ivybaptistchurch.org by May 1st. Fridays at noon, join us for corporate prayer on Zoom during our 40 Days of Kingdom. Meeting ID is 757-244-5004, or you can dial in at 312-626-6799. Join us this Wednesday, March 22nd, for part four of Bible study called Master Your Mind at 12 noon and 7 p.m. in person and on Zoom. The meeting ID is 757-244-0000. Dial in is 312-626-6799. Trip to the Bible Museum on Thursday, March 23rd. Deadline for payment is today, March 19th. Payment is in-house only. Limited seats and open to Ivy members 21 and older. Cost is $80. See Sister Lisa Jones or Carla Potter after service. One thing that's true about Ivy is that we don't just love God, but we also love God's people and our community. We have started an initiative called Operation Bless the Community. And since we started it, we have raised almost $150,000. And all of the resources are going right back out into our community so our community and our families can be better. We're going to do it again this year. We want your support. Any donation of any amount that goes to Operation Bless the Community will go out into the communities that we serve to make our place better for everyone. We want everybody to win around here. So please, why don't you consider giving a donation to Operation Bless the Community? Any size, any amount, all of it will go toward blessing our community and helping those in need. We appreciate in advance your support. Come out and hear our associate ministers give the seven last words of Christ, Wednesday, March 29th at 7 p.m. here at Ivy. Our cancer snippet for the month of March is colorectal cancer. Did you know colorectal cancer is the third most common diagnosed cancer in the U.S.? This cancer is largely preventable through screening. For more information, please visit www.preventcancer.com or call the American Cancer Society at 1-800-227-2345.